You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. No days off. No days off. No days off. No days off. This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right. Good to be with you. All right. This microphone put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. 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 Oh, Mr. Dot On Raiders recap. Patriots beat the Raiders 36-20 to on Sunday afternoon at Gillette Stadium. Bounce back. Good bounce back win. Um, let's get your thoughts, Andy. Let's start with the positives. Because I think there were some positives and negatives in this game. Probably more negatives than you would think in a win like this. <laughs> Wow, we're going there. Um, okay, let's start positives. I would start, to me, um, with the offensive line, Joe Tooney, uh, Mike Onwenu. Have we, have we settled on that? Is it Onwenu? Okay. Mike Onwenu. Um, you know, we talk about the Raiders without two starting offensive linemen. Well, the Patriots were sort of without two starting offensive linemen because you bumped Joe Tooney in, as I predicted, to uh, start his first career start at center. Um, but we've we've said this so many times over the years, and we gave Skarnecki a credit for much of it. Like, they lose their center, they lose a starter, it doesn't fall apart. Well, this was another example. No Skarnekia, so give um, Popovich and, and Cam Brasillo credit. that They had the guys ready. But more importantly, give the guys credit. They went out and rushed for 250 yards with a rookie left guard making his first career start there and Joe Tooney, a guard playing center. Um, I thought that was the story of the game, the offensive line dominating the trenches and – it got off to a slow start, and then the subplot here is whether you want to believe the idea that Sony Michelle saw his career basically uh, falling by the wayside in front of his eyes as J.J. Taylor gave them an injection of, you know, nine-yard run, 11-yard run, burst around in. Um, then all of a sudden, Sony's back on the field, and, you know, he's got the two longest runs of his career in the third quarter in, like, you know, less than an hour's time that we're right. watching live. And whatever the reason um, – I still say, no, we're staying positive, you said. I'll save the negatives for later. Okay, so we're staying positive. The ground game was awesome. The offensive line was awesome. And I thought the best part of the ground game being awesome was it was a somewhat traditional ground game. It didn't rely on Cam Newton, didn't rely on, you know, him confusing the defense. He only rushed for whatever it was, 25 yards, and one came on one play late in the game, a scramble. Um, so he didn't really have to run. They had a traditional run game based on the offensive line. Um, and to me, that was the key to victory. Um, defensively, what were your thoughts? Defensively, um, they had issues with Josh Jacobs early, which we're not surprised. Like my, my first, I guess, is what were the, why didn't the Raiders just pound Josh Jacobs like every single play? Well, I think to, to some degree it started to get away from them on the scoreboard. But like even in the first half, it was like they get like a 28, you know, a 15-yard run, and then it's like a pass play. It's like, what are you doing? R- right. Well, these coaches always try to stay – like, oh, we're not predictable, we're balanced, we're this, we don't lean. 
where you're right to me in that game, even with them without Trent Brown and Richie Incognito, he was getting six yards anytime he wanted to. Anytime he wanted. The first quarter, the the Raiders averaged like six points on the yards of play, and the Patriots were in like the tubes. Right. If if I played the Patriots and I had any running game, I would run it down their throats because I don't think they can stop it. I think they are incapable right now of stopping it. Now they had a fumble um, where you got Adrian Phillips and was it Calhoun also in on that? And then the the Raiders got screwed because Jacobs actually recovered on the ground, um, and I don't know how they gave it to the Patriots, but it actually balanced out. Cause I think Cam threw the interception right. Right after that, but um, no, you're right. I, the Raiders got away from it. And I, Bill made a comment post game, something to the effect. And then we controlled the scoreboard or something. And I, I think that's what he was alluding to. I think he acknowledged in a way there that if this is a tight game, if this stays in that 13, 10 range, it was at halftime, they could be in trouble, you know, because the, the other team could run the ball, but um, and he said they played it a little better in the second half. I, I guess they probably did, but the Raiders started to fall behind, didn't go to Jacobs in much at all kind of, they snowballed for them. Um, but no, I have questions about this defense, but it's funny because the questions are sort of like, you look at the the trees, the trees. Oh, can they stop the run? Ooh, Stefan Gilmore's not that good anymore. He's giving up plays and penalties. But then when you step back and look at the forest, you have three turnovers you have the other team basically unable to convert a third down until the game was over. And you have some pass rush where you're getting a strip sack from Winovich. You're getting, um, now I will say, not to nitpick, but that came against their rookie replacement instead of Trent Brown. So that's one of those. Um, Shalik Calhoun, you get the turnover in the end zone, a defensive touchdown. Again, we can say it's not sustainable, but they keep getting defensive touchdowns that are sort of key in these games. So despite the nitpicking we can get into, the defense as a whole, I think, is play. Well, this was a complimentary win. The defense did enough to help out the run game, help out Cam Newton to get the win. So I, before we nitpick, I think they deserve credit for that. I guess you could just give them credit for bouncing back. We kind of said it could have been a letdown game, which I think it was to start in a way. They, they took a while to get going, but they they got it together. They figured a way. They figured it out. And then I also – I think Joshua Daniels deserves a lot of credit in this one. Like, he schemed up a lot of their yards. Yeah, I always think Josh McDaniels deserves credit. I think Josh McDaniels, you know, I may not be as high on the Patriots as Tony Romo is. I mean, he just absolutely effing gushes about this team. I don't know if you saw my tweet. I also have never seen a Cullen commentator early in a game say, that's why the Patriots are going to win and the Raiders are going to lose, and it's the first quarter. Like, what? (laughs) You're predicting games on the broadcast now? He was right. Uh, He was, but – Usually those guys, have you heard that? Yeah. Not only do they stay away from it in the game, they don't even do it like yeah. on like if if you know if they're doing Sports Center or they're doing like a radio hit, they won't pick a game because I'm doing the game, so I'm just going to tell you both team blah blah. So I found that weird, but Tony Romo loves him. Josh McDaniels, you know, called him one of the best. I don't know. He stumbled on his words because he's really not that good for a guy who makes seventeen million dollars a year, but um, called him the best in game play draw up or upper on the sideline adjustment something but I you know I wrote it last week I think Josh deserves a ton of credit this even though this ended up being a more run-based game I thought the game plan had to be a little bit more balanced like you were going to throw in Seattle you were going to run against Miami a little more balanced against the Raiders because I don't think they have that obvious weakness or whatever 
Um, that's another side topic to put in perspective. Cam Newton threw for 400 yards last week. That's because the Seattle Seahawks give up 400 yards to every quarterback they face. Matt Ryan did it. Cam Newton did it. Dak Prescott did it. Um, and the flip side of that is Russell Wilson had another five touchdown passes. So maybe the Patriots shouldn't be so embarrassed they gave up five touchdown passes. That's what Russell Wilson does against everybody. Um, but no, I, I think Josh did a good job, again, with limited, you know, you, you got Isaiah Zuber, you know, an end around. Uh, Demir Bird had another couple plays, um, took advantage of Rex Burkhead. That would be one of my weird negative takeaways. Rex Burkhead might be the most frustrating player they have because, like, you watch these games, he's so freaking good. He, yep. he can run, he can catch, run after catch. Make he runs hard. I thought that a couple of times too yesterday. He, he runs hard. Super hard. Like, I don't want to say he's Saquon Barkley or Christian McCaffrey or Alvin Kamara, but he's in that second tier where if he could ever stay healthy, I think he could do what he did yesterday very frequently. I think he could have 100 yards of, of scrimmage offense every week and be like, you know, a 1,500 to 2,000 yards from scrimmage type player. But I don't know that it's sustainable, and he's the last couple of weeks he's been doing this because obviously James White's away from the team. Um, so Rex is in kind of that passing back role, the leading receiver, but also runs some. But, you know, Josh, I think, is just taking all his limited weapons or whatever you want to call them and, and dialing it up. And yesterday, not only did Cam not carry them, there were times Cam Newton was flat-out bad in that game, flat-out, like, seemingly almost freaked out at times and was just throwing the ball up for grabs and feeling pressure. Yeah, there were a couple of times he threw it to Edelman. I think to, one was like quadruple coverage, then another one was triple coverage. And just like it, the interception was bad, which he admitted after the game. Yeah, he he um, felt the pressure, I thought, sort of literally and figuratively. And it, it was not his best day. He got away with it. He probably could have had, you're right, more turnovers than he did with the interception. Um but yeah, Josh McDaniels, anytime we want to praise him, I'm all for it because people can nitpick like, oh, this play and this play. Okay, what about the other 57 snaps or 57 plays he called? Because most of those looked like they worked pretty well. So, yes, they, they won the game. It was, it was good. But uh -oh, I think. Uh oh, we're taking the Hannibal turn to negativity. If they had this performance and the way they played next week against Kansas City, it's not going to be the same result. Right, they'll get their balls kicked in or whatever you want to call so, it. But, but this game, this game right here, would you agree with this? There's a potential. This game, which was 13-10 at halftime, Cam Newton didn't play very well. I do think there was a little bit of a letdown early. Yeah. Um, you know, they flicked a switch. It was like punt, punt, interception. And then all of a sudden after that, they either scored or held possession at the end right. of the half, whatever. Right. But this is one of those we've talked about. I think they are a middle-of-the-pack team. Yeah, but, like you're right. If they were a, a seven and nine, if they're going to be a seven and nine team, this is a game that was thirteen ten. They had the the bad last possession. They could have things have changed. They could have lost. Yes, so, I think both of these teams might look back at this game, and the Patriots might look back and say the reason we're competing for the playoffs in November and December are a couple games like that that we found a way to win. We took care of business. Whereas the Raiders may be kicking themselves come November and December and say. That game at New England, I know it was a short week, but it was 13-10 at the half. We could have pulled that game out, and maybe we'd be sitting differently now. And that's the reality of all these teams. There's a boatload of teams that are 2-1 and one and 1-2 one and two right now in the NFL. If you win the game that you maybe shouldn't or things don't go your way, like those are the ones I think you look back on later. Because you're right, this week, 
it would be stunning if they beat the Chiefs. Like, so they're going to be two and two in a week. Two and two is much different than one and three. No question. Right? Yeah. So this was a, I don't know what you call it, a sneaky big game or important game for sort of the long haul. And, and they took care of whatever business they needed to take care of. All right, let's, let's get to the next bit. Jesus. All right. What was going on on defense with all those timeouts? 12 guys in the field, but you you're, have no timeouts left, but 12 minutes and 30 seconds left in the game? Like, that, that never happens from a Bill Belichick coach team. Uh, nope. They were, they were lost. They were, you know, the, the video. I don't know if you saw the, the one they had to call where um, Lawrence Guy was on the sideline and, like, he's looking at the field and he's like, do I go? Do I go? And then he's looking down the sideline to whoever, Steve Belichick or Gerard Mayer. And do I go? Do I go? Do, do I go? And it's like he had no idea what to do. He was a deer in headlights. And it happened multiple. Like the, I think the same thing I saw. I mean, it wasn't Lawrence Guy, but there was a. Every time I looked at the sideline when they were subbing on some of these things, they're right. Their guys were turning back to the coaches. Like, like, am I good? Am I good? Like, so it's not like a guy went and got a drink who was supposed to be in and didn't or know he was got hurt and didn't know who was going to replace. No, him. yeah, it was. I think I'm supposed to be in, but I need you to tell me I'm supposed to be in. Are you going to tell me? What are you doing over there? It was – so to me, that falls on – that's the communication from whoever that is. I don't know if it's the coordinator or the personnel guy because a lot of times those are sort of two different right. – one guy calls the play, one guy gets the personnel out there. But I got to think that is objective one for Belichick this week with his coaches right now. Like, what are we doing? We got to figure this out. We, we're not good enough to cost our team timeouts and single little plays. Like – there's going to be games where if you did that, you might lose. You need that timeout. Like Seattle, like you're coming down the wire there, timeouts and the, the clock. It didn't end up burning you in this game because you made enough plays to pull away. But not only is that unlike a Belichick, it's unacceptable. Like you can't have that on a high school team, never mind a, an NFL team that's going to be playing dogfight type games. So we've praised them for, I think they were the least penalized team in the first two weeks. And offensively, they continue to be, clean and not having you know false starts and any of these types of things but defensively that was that was horrific horrific especially for a team it's not like they're a team that for years played the same 11 guys so we have great talent right they always play like 15 17 guys right. they sub more than anyone and, so and the coaches are the same sure they right. have like, roles but they're the same so i wonder if you got into the minutiae is it something that the Las Vegas was doing personnel-wise that confused them? Was it, you know, maybe Waller, who's a guy that – are we treating him as a wide receiver? Is we, are we treating him as a tight end? And are we subbing into this because he's a, he's a wide receiver or he's staying as a tight end? I don't know what the answer is, but it's, it's certainly strange for, for – it's strange to see that once in a game for a Belichick team. Never mind multiple times where they're just burning through time. Right. To the point where in the broadcast – um Nance goes yeah and the Patriots that's their final timeout and Romo goes what how is that possible or something like that and Nance is like well they they used him on defense they used one here and he starts explaining it and they, like they almost couldn't believe it yeah um sticking to defense are you concerned at all about Stefan Gilmore I know um, I did just another pass interference penalty he's got three on the year he had five all last year concerned is a strong word yeah, um, so I'm not concerned, but is the drop-off bigger than you had imagined? Because we all knew he wasn't going to be the same player as he was last year. It just wasn't going to happen. Um, I would say 
maybe slightly, but this is what we expected. We expected you were going to ride a fine line. We expected there'd be better talent on the field, like certainly the DK Metcalfs, and you know, you're going to play those guys. Um, am I surprised that he's giving up a big play, the pass interference, which basically he tackled them because he was going right. to get beat? Um, like at the end of a half, which is going to cost you, could potentially cost you big. Yeah, I'm a little surprised at that. Um, and the, the to me, like the optics thing or the narrative thing is it just looks bad for a guy who some people think he kind of held out or pushed their hand to get right. 5 million extra bucks. Well, I already paid you a lot. You were already a $65 million corner. And I gave you $5 million extra. And this is how you repay me. You got three pass interferences in three weeks. You got your butt kicked by a second year receiver in one of those weeks. Like, yeah, I, it's probably a little bit more dramatic than what we expected, but we probably should have expected it to some degree. Um, any other nitpicks on defense before we get to offense? No, I actually, you know, defensively, I mean, they had their issues in coverage at times. Like David, uh, Derek Carr was finding open receivers. Um, they missed a couple, probably should have been interceptions. He, yep. Jason, think, McCourty, could Jason McCourty had had one. I think Jonathan Jones should have had one that hit him in the hands. Like, again, they, they got their turnovers, but I think they could have had even more turnovers and they need those as much as possible. Um, Chase Winovich, I think, is evolving into more than I get. I was not a Winovich guy off of last year. There were a lot he, of – He had a good offseason, put on some weight, some yeah. strength. He's, he's using it to his advantage. I think he's evolving into maybe a better player than I gave him credit for. I, I think it looks like Shalik Calhoun, who we've heard for a couple of years, Bill kind of likes and thought yep. he could be good. Well, now he's getting his opportunity, and I don't know that he's great. No, but he's and, turning into that typical Patriots role player. Right. He, you know, into that John Simon. And yeah. then if it keeps evolving, Kyle Van Oy type role where you're like, I don't know how good he is, but he's good enough for them. They use him the way they need him, you know, to play. So I think that's intriguing. Certainly just flat out athletes. Kyle Duggar, every game makes a play or two where you're like, this guy's got a chance to be. Because there was one, it might have been on special teams even, where I saw him. I don't know what he was doing. It was, oh, it was punt return. And he ran down. Blocked nobody, um, and I, I think he was lost a little bit on the play. I think he thought it was a fair catch, and it wasn't. But I thought – I was like, who is that running down? Who's that linebacker? He, like, he's big. He's fast. He's athletic. He loves to run through people. Like, ev there's a couple plays every game where you look at him and you say, he could be special. He really could be physically special. Now, I don't want to put the cart before the horse because I think there's a long way to go before he actually is special and deserves this talk of – Oh, he's like Jamal Adams and he's like Derwin James. And like those guys have proven they are special, have proven what they can do. But there's reason for hope for him. On the flip side of that, Jawan Bentley, every game you look at him and say, he just can't keep up. He's just athletically not there. He just, he, he chases. He's, he's not fast enough. He's probably um, playing a role that he's not suited for. He's probably more of the Elaine Roberts type, but they just right. don't have the depth at the spot to, to, to have him play you know, less. No question. You see that like wide runs and he's chasing or like underneath passing throws. He's, he's just not athletic or fast enough to keep up with that. Um, and then the flip side, are we going to get back to Sony for a minute? Yeah, let's go to offense. Um, if we're going to nitpick the offense, he probably should have had 200 yards rushing or, or if, whatever. If you go back and look at those long runs, those holes were humongous. 
not only humongous, but even when he was downfield, I always like to tell the, like, take the refrigerator off your back and, and run faster. Like he, I think, and I don't know that we'll, maybe we'll find this out when his career ends in New England or whatever. I think the knee procedures over the couple have taken away. He's not the same. I don't know what his knee is. If it's, you know, bone on bone and he feel, like, I just, there's no, he, he labors when he gets in the open field. Like he, there was, he doesn't look like the athlete. He's not like taking it to the defenders. He's like, ah, I got to run this way to avoid that. Like there's no explosion there. And I mean, it's great for him. He flipped his stats. His stats went from averaging like 3.2 a carry to like 13 a carry, whatever. But I, I just, I still think that it leaves more because it's great to look at how they ran. But if you finish that run, it's even more valuable. Like if you have a breakaway touchdown run, and if J.J. Taylor can do that, or if Damian Harris can do that, or Rex Burkhead can do that, yes, Sony Michelle had a 100-yard game. It was great. I still don't necessarily feel great about what he is as a, as a running back. Do we want to get into his future or save that for the weekly podcast? Uh, we can save that for the weekly podcast, but his future's in jeopardy. I mean, that's why yeah. – I mean, he's no dummy – he sees J.J. Taylor running well. He sees he David Burkhead Harris running. is coming back. Right. Like, I mean, I think he's a pretty smart kid who can, you know, realize that it's, you know, pooper get off the pot time here. And, you know, I maybe kicked off the pot pretty quick. Um, so, yeah, we can talk more about that. And who knows? Damian Harris, just because he can come off IR doesn't necessarily doesn't mean he is. Right. right. And, you know, J.J. Taylor is a fun story, but he's so small. Like, mm-hmm. I don't. I know they've had success with some of those guys, but they've never – I mean, I guess Deion Lewis was sort of their lead back for a while. Um, kind of. Danny Woodhead was not really – he was more of the passing back, the secondary guy. So I guess the Deion Lewis comp would be the closest one, but it's so hard to envision. But, but again, if you pair J.J. Taylor with Damian Harris, depending on what you think Damian Harris can be, if both of those guys are better than Sony Michelle, then Sony Michelle's you know, out of a job. Um, the wide receiving core, Edelman and Harry only had two catchers apiece. I, I didn't seem like him and Newton were th- them and were on the same page as Cam all game. Like, I don't know if that was something that the Raiders did defensively or like, I just, you can't have that. You can't have only four catches from your top two receivers, you know, every game. Well, not every game, but you did win this game by what? Two scores, 16 points or whatever. So, but the, <laughs> I don't know. You can't have this inconsistency. It's not like the Raiders, you know, pass defense is like one of the league's best. No. And, but I would also say when you have limited opportunity, I mean, Tom Brady's having consistency issues with his targets in Tampa, right? Yeah. And his targets are two pro bowl receivers, uh, a hall of fame, tight end, a good tight, like, his talent is much better and they're still having consistency and week to week issues. Cam, it's probably no surprise is new here and his talent isn't anywhere near as good. I'm sorry. Everybody, again, Tony Romo was gushing about Nikhil Harry and like the breakout last week. I'm not there yet with Nikhil Harry. I really am not like it's better. He's contributing. He should be contributing. He's on the field all the time as the number two receiver He's going to have catches. He had his longest catch. That's great. He broke a tackle. He ran a guy over. I I like those things. But as you said, you're the number two receiver. Like to like one or two of those things per game is not enough. I need to like five or six of those things every game. Um, So we'll see. 
we'll see where the evolution. Demir Bird, Demir Bird's a curious one because he had that catch down the sideline where he stayed in bounds with bursts, but he also his ball security. He seems a little, yeah, yeah. Even, I don't, even uh, just like watching him catch punts before games. Yes, like, it's not it's not smooth. I guess no, he doesn't make it like to to catch punts before game. Like Kevin Falk used to hold a ball in each hand and still catch the ball and make it look easy. Like there's certain guys that soft hands, comfortable, confident, make it look easy bringing the ball in. Demir Bird, not necessarily one of those guys. So I don't know how over the long haul, if that seeps into the passing game, tipped balls, anything we'll see. But um, the, I would say the biggest disappointment right now in the passing game would have to be Asi Asi, right? Like I was thinking that too yesterday. And that kind of goes right end is still the- nothing. It goes on lines of the rookies just not contributing. Like, right. you had Uche inactive with the ankle or foot, I forget. Je- Jennings, a healthy inactive. Right. Don Keene still has got the neck, but I think that came off the injury report this week. Yep. Like, you just got – I know it's you didn't have preseason, the lack of, you know, training camp, et cetera, but you need more out of your rookie class. Well, I mean – Kyle Duggar looks like he's playing. Like, he didn't have a preseason. He didn't have a training camp. Well, and, like, people bring that up, but it's like, well, other teams are getting rookies contributing. Yeah. And, I mean, again, Kyle Duggar's coming from freaking Lenore Ryan. Right. Right. Um, Devin Asiasi coming from UCLA. Correct me if I'm wrong, but UCLA's coach's name is Chip Kelly. He coached in the NFL for multiple teams. So, you're not coming from a high school – I mean – he is kind of coming from a high school offense, but he's coming to a high school offense too, in some degree. Anthony Jennings played for Nick Saban, like Belichick's, right. like you know, basically the college version of him. Right. So, yeah, I, I just, it's like Ivan Fears said about JJ Taylor. We let the players decide. JJ Taylor, three days into camp, looked comfortable and deserved more chances. Right. And he's an undrafted rookie out of Arizona. So, he proved himself. He did what he needed to do. Why can't more of these guys and specifically at the, so not only is Devin Asiasi, it'd be one thing if he wasn't impressive enough to like play more than a veteran or do more. He's not impressive enough to do something at a position where they have nothing. They have Ryan Izzo playing every snap, not really getting any offensive production out of it. Like see the Asiasi one, I thought it would be disappointing because everybody thought they were getting the second coming of Gronk and Hernandez. But and now, got a mid-round- now he's not even, I don't think he has a target this year. Right. I mean, three games in with no other options. It's not like they signed somebody and brought somebody in late. Oh, and he got bumped down the depth chart. Nope. He's still number two on the depth chart, but there's there's nothing there. He's not doing anything. So if I were to nitpick, that would be one of my biggest nitpicks. Asiasi in the tight end position, just nothing. Uh, anything else? Lingering thoughts? Uh, Nick Folk missed the extra point. Like, I, I get, this is just a weekly thing. I, I don't think that Bill seems to be, you know, worried yet. Like, every time we get asked, Nick's our kicker, like... Well, I mean, the whole kicker thing in the NFL, I know we all watch Butker or Tucker. Hey, we can watch both Butker and Tucker tonight in Monday Night Football. And you watch them and you're like, those guys are just balls, dead on, you know. But a lot of teams, like, look at the roller coaster that Steven Gostowski has ridden in the last year and in the last three weeks. Right. He's basically won every game for the Titans, except the first game, he was a hair away from his career ending. Right, right. So, like, this is – and for me, like, I do the thumbs up, thumbs down on on our website. Nick Folk was a thumbs up because he had nailed all his field goals for the first time. It was like, okay, good feeling momentum. 
and then delete Nick Folk from thumbs up because he missed the PAT. And you can't be missing PATs, but everybody does. How many games do I look up and it's like nine something, nine seven in the first quarter? And you're like, oh, I wonder if that's three field goals. Oh, no, that's a touchdown, a missed PAT and a field goal. So it's what we talked about last week, the week before, next week. Nick Folk's your kicker because I don't think you can do any better because I don't think you want to just turn it over to Rohrwasser. I also don't think if you're in a different kind of game and he comes on the field for a 45-yard field goal with you down two in the fourth quarter, I don't know how overly great you feel about that situation, but it is what it is, a wise man once said. All right, so big game this week against the Chiefs. Another situation when the team's playing a Monday night, which I think helps the players. They'll be a little more fresh, but I think coaching staff, they have to cram a little bit more on Tuesdays, and especially it helps the fact that they actually sort of know Kansas City a little bit more what they do than they did with the Raiders. But still, tough week for the coaches to cram. Um, I don't know. It's, they benefit, obviously, without you know the full crowd in, in, at Arrowhead Stadium, but still, tough. It's going to be a very tough game. Yes, and I mean, they. we know what they're going to try. Well, we don't know what they're going to try, but that's a talented team. It You know, the aerial attack that the, the Seahawks put on them two weeks ago on the road or a week ago, yep. um, their inability to take away DK Metcalf, well, Kelsey and Hill and whatever you're going to expect. Right, like this was classic Patriots because the other team had one obvious weapon in Waller and they took him away. Like, yeah, we didn't, we didn't even really talk about that because he was such a non-factor. So g- give the Patriots defense credit. They they knew that Waller was their best option in the pass game. They took it away. They used a number of different guys, Juwan Williams, J.C. Jackson, safety up over the top. Like th- that was That's what Belichick does. He takes away the opponent's best player. When you have an obvious best player. Yes. Now, who's the best player for the Chiefs? Is it Hill? Is it Kelsey? Kelsey is it Mahomes? You know, Mahomes and how Mahomes. you're spying I him. Player. Right. And that's why, I mean, I haven't seen the number, but even though the Patriots are coming off a really good win and the Chiefs haven't played all that well, we'll see what they do tonight on Monday yeah. Night Football. I would have the Chiefs favored heavily in this. Oh, I, this probably came out last night. What do you think it is? Um, Chiefs by six and a half. Seven. Yeah, I would go even higher. If it were me, I'd be do like Chiefs by like eight and a half. I mean, that could obviously change tonight. Like if the Chiefs roll over Baltimore, then I'm sure that number is going to go up a little bit. Right. Um, but no, this is a, a major challenge. As you said, sort of a short week because you can't go all in on preparations till after tonight's game. You can obviously prepare. Now, it's a little different. Last week, they benefited that the Monday night team was coming across the country yeah. to them. Chiefs get to stay at home. Patriots are the ones going across the country. Um, so it's an interesting matchup. But as I said, it's a less important game because you took care of business against the Raiders. You're two and one. Two and two after four games in New England has happened many, many times in recent Septembers. So you've kind of – and two of your toughest games are well, done. I was also going to say, it's also like, let's just say they go out and they give the Chiefs a good game and it comes down to the fourth quarter. You can say, look, our two losses came against two of the best teams in the NFL and we played them right to the end. Right. Like, it wouldn't you, stun me. You can me. talk yourselves into saying, this is a pretty good two and two start. It's a good two and two start. Like, it won't stun me if you're, you're talking about a Chiefs Seahawks Super Bowl and you're like, wow, the Patriots played with both those teams in September. They hung with them. Now, maybe they won't hang with the Chiefs. I don't know. I'm putting the cart before the horse. But um, yeah, if, if two and two, I think you're very happy, especially if two and two includes two losses where you showed good fight on the road, just couldn't quite hang with the other team. Um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see what the Chiefs do tonight against the Ravens. It's a Monday night football game. I'm 
very much looking forward to. I'll probably fall asleep at halftime as usual and not know what happened till the next morning. But um, that's a fun game. And then this should be a fun week because these games have been good in recent years. I don't know what they'll be, but the Chiefs-Patriots games have been ridiculously entertaining. Yeah, similar to the Patriots-Seahawks games. They've always sort of come down to the end. With right. A, and with a memorable play sequence. And, and we'll see – We'll see what Cam, you know, if Cam is ready for potentially a shootout. Because the Chiefs, you know, they're like the opposite of the Raiders. Like, you got up on the Raiders and you kind of finished the game, closed them out. You go up on the Chiefs, they're back in it within, They'll, they'll you know, tie it up in, in two minutes. Right, five plays. So, I'll be interested to see how Cam handles that pressure this week that we always talk about. Like, you know, the Brady against Manning pressure where if you punt, you probably lose. And Cam may, you know, I gave him credit for at times just getting down in the second half and not feeling the pressure. You know, there was one play, it was like third and 10, where he started to run, and then he just kind of fell down at the line of scrimmage to not take a hit because he knew he wasn't getting the first down. That pressure will be a little different this week going against Mahomes and in that environment. All right, well, uh, we'll be back with our preview podcast, what, Friday, we think, this week? Uh, Sure. I don't know. I hadn't really thought ahead. Got to live it day by day. End of the week. We'll, we'll get you a podcast, end of the week, looking ahead to the game. And uh, have a good week. Peace out.